This evening, I want to give you a, a quick thought. We won't, we won't be long. Uh, it's kind of maybe <laughs> multifaceted. I don't have time to really to preach all the directions. It's a challenge to Pastor Derek as he goes and assumes the leadership role of a pastor. It's a thank you to him and his family for the time that they were here. It's an exhortation to the church. Somebody's got to fill his shoes. Somebody's got to take up his role. I don't know if we were the three musketeers or uh, the three stooges, but uh, (laughs) but Pastor Derek and Pastor Gus and I were certainly a a team. A team. And... uh, I owe a lot to these men. For the sake of time, we're not going to read the text by introduction. We'll look at it as we go through the points. The text is Exodus 17, verses 8 through 12. The title of the message this evening is God's Gift to God's Man. God's Gift to God's Man. How many of you believe that God's man is a gift to the church. I mean, we don't have to go to 1 Corinthians and, and prove it biblically. You, you, you know that God said, and he gave some apostles, some preachers, some pastors uh, for the perfecting of the saints. You know, that's, the God's man is a gift to the church, but that's not where I'm going tonight. So we just skipped one page of notes, okay? We know that. I don't have to establish that. I don't have to take time to teach that. But I want you to see in our text, first of all, this evening, the problem. The problem that was here. The Bible says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Beloved, occasionally the man of God, this is Moses here. This is the children of Israel. They hadn't been very long in the wilderness. And this group the Amalekites came under the leadership of Amalek, the grandson of Esau. They came in to, they, they looked at this big group of people traveling and the Amalekites were a desert people. They were nomads. They were people that lived out there and they probably looked at this group and said, hey, here's some easy pickings. If you go over Deuteronomy, and I think it's around chapter 25, you'll read about the story. It talks about how the Amalekites came in and they, they, they took or captured the weak, the feeble. It talks about how they, they came up in the back of the group and, and grabbed those that might have been straggling behind. They hadn't been very long in the wilderness and a problem arose. Amalek came and fought with them. Beloved, this is how Satan works Satan's going to kick you when you're down. Satan's going to attack you when you're tired. Satan's going to come and tempt you when you're weak. He's going to attack those who are sick and those who are suffering. He's going to attack those who are already discouraged or dealing with depression. Sometimes you might just be flat wore out, but I want you to know that Amalek, a picture of the flesh of this this world, is going to come and attack when you're weak. There was the problem that arose for the children of Israel and for the man of God. But I want you to see the positions that are given to us here or described for us. 
Look in verse number 9. He says, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Moses, God's appointed leader, Moses, God's chosen man to lead the children of Israel, to give them guidance and direction. You have his position, you have the place that he was ruling, and then you have the Joshua. Uh, Moses' second hand, his, his right hand, his, his general, his leader, and he says, Joshua, choose some men. And there were some men that came along and went with Joshua to go into the battle. And Moses said, I'm going to go up to the top of the hill here and I'm going to hold the rod of God, the, the symbol of the presence of God and the power of God. I'm going to hold it before the people. Let me just say that sometimes the man of God might not be where you think he should be. You see, the Moses said here, Joshua, go get some men and go over there and whoop those guys. And I'm going to be up here on the mountain. Now, in today's world, a lot of people have a problem with that. They say, wait, what? How come you're not down here? How come you're not in the battle? How come you're not doing the fighting? I just want to tell you that sometimes it might not make sense, but sometimes a man of God can't be where maybe you think he should be. He has another responsibility. He has another calling. And Pastor Derek, I want to tell you one of the hardest challenges for me as a pastor was to do the job that I'm supposed to be doing. You're like me. I like being in the ditch. I would much rather be outside working than in the office. I would much rather be getting my hands dirty. I'd much rather be in the thick of it. But that's not what God's called me to. And one of the biggest challenges for me in a balance that you're going to have to find as you go into the ministry is that you are giving yourself time to the prayer and the study of the word, which I know that you'll do. I want you to know that sometimes uh, God's people, as long as you're willing to do it, they're willing to let you. And what I'm saying is you might need to say, I'm not willing to do it because what I need to do is be praying. What I need to do is be studying. So if it's going to get done, somebody else has to do it. And God will send somebody. God will send somebody to do it. But you have to maybe take that stand and say, hey, Joshua, I'm going to be up here on the mountain because this is where God wants me. This is what I'm called to do. And Joshua goes and obeys, and he does what was asked of him. He goes into battle for Moses with the people of Israel. Moses is on top of the mountain, and God puts with him a couple of men by the name of Aaron and Hur that went up there with him. I want you to see the predicament that they faced in verse number 11. It says, And he came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. The predicament was, and I don't know exactly why in God's plan, in God's design, uh, that maybe he wanted to be sure the people saw the rod of God and that it was him that was giving the victory and wanted him to have all the honor and glory. And so he says, hey, as long as you're holding the rod of God up, as long as you're lifting high that, then the people will know it's God that's giving us the victory. Moses, you can't put the rod down. You can't lower your arms. 
As long as Moses' arms were raised high heavenward, the victory was being won by the Israelites. But then when Moses' arms got tired, how I many of you know his arms, your arms get tired? You just try and hold your arm out like this for a while. <laughs> it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at all. And your arm feels like it's got a thousand pounds on it. You think, man, it it's only weighs two pounds. I mean, a pound and a half. I mean, how that does not. You hold it out there a while, you get tired. You get wore out. Moses had to hold his arms up. He was getting tired. But I want you to see the provision that God brings in verse number 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. What I want you to see is that God supplied a man, a man named Aaron and a man named Hur. They saw the situation and they said, okay, Moses, here's how we're going to help you. Why don't you sit down right here? We're going to get this rock for you. You sit down, hold your arms up. Okay, Aaron's going to hold that side and her's going to hold. We're going to keep your arms up for you. They just decided to hold them up. Can I tell you tonight that there's not too many neutral people in the church. What I'm saying is that in the family of God, there's very few neutral people. You are either hanging on or holding up the arms of the man of God. There's not too many neutral positions. I think occasionally there might be some in that place. What I want you to see tonight is that some people that come to church are not even saved yet. And we're doing battle for their souls. We're praying and working and working and, and, and praying and ministering to try and see them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's some that they're sick, dealing with physical challenges, and we're battling for their own health and for their life. There's some that are backslidden, and we're battling for their very spirituality. But there are some who are in the battle. And they're not holding on. They're holding up the arms of the man of God. I guess what I'm asking you tonight is, are you hanging on or are you holding up the arms of the man of God? Listen. Some are hanging on. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, friend. It's what God has called me to. I don't begrudge that at all. If you find yourself in a place where all you can do is hang on, and I count it a privilege to strive to hold you up, to carry you before the throne of God, and beg God to give you what you need to continue to be what God wants you to be. It's my privilege to serve you that way. I don't look down on you because you reached a place where all you can do is hang on. That's okay with me. 
and I'll hold you as much as I can. Can I tell you that as I'm hanging on and holding up to some of those, it does me a world of good when there's another brother or sister in Christ that says, Pastor, I see what you're carrying. I see the burden that you're holding. I don't know what I can do, but I'll be happy to hold up one of your arms. And that makes all the difference. It makes it possible for the man of God to be able to keep doing what God has called him to do. I'm so thankful for those that come alongside. Just a few weeks ago, something happened. I was hit with a ton of bricks. One of the men of the church just saw. He saw it in my spirit. He came to me and he said, I don't know what you're dealing with. But I want you to know I'm here for you. If I can help you in any way. I said, thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. What I want you to understand, Christian, tonight is that Joshua... Moses, the children of Israel, they won the battle that day. Not because Joshua was willing to go into the battle and fight. They won the battle that day, not because Moses was up on top of the mountain where he was supposed to be. They won the battle. They were victorious because there was somebody that said, I'm going to hold your arm up. And what I'm saying is a lot of times the victory that a church sees, the success that a group of people see, a lot of times it gets attributed to the pastor. Man, look, look, Pastor Caleb, at the victory that's been wrought here. But I want you to know that it's not because of the pastor. It's because there's faithful men and women who came alongside and said, I'll help hold you up. I'll help you accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. I'll help see victory come to pass. The success in the church is not because of the pastor. It's because of willing men and women who serve. Success on the battlefield that day was won because God provided a man named Aaron and her that did what they could. Can I tell you that in 2012, God supplied a man named Derek. He came as an intern. He had no idea. At that time, the investment I was putting into his life. It was my privilege. But God, God knit our hearts together. In an amazing way. Man, did we work him that summer. (laughs) To this day, he holds the position of the longest internship. (laughs) We normally do 10 weeks. I think he did 13 or 14, 14 weeks. We worked him so hard. We worked so many hours. But God knit our hearts together, as you heard in Mary's testimony, that Christmas time, he came and spent a couple days with our family. When God called him back here, little did we know what God was going to do here in this place and with us. 
I was excited about him coming back and serving in the ministry, helping to carry the load that I was carrying at that time as an assistant in 2013. Do you know it was just six months later? Six months. That's nothing. He hadn't even settled yet. He hadn't even got the the South Carolina dust off his shoes. (laughs) You know, it would have been so easy for him. His wife wasn't here yet. It would have been so easy for him to say, hey, this is not for me. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go find some other place to serve. But he looked at me and he said, I don't know how I can help you, but I'll do whatever you need. I'll hold your arms up. I'll support you. You guys know he's 10 times smarter than I am. (laughs) Nobody ever comes and asks me what a Greek word means. You're still going to have to email him. (laughs) What I'm saying is God supplied somebody. And for this time, he's been an Aaron. He's been a her. He stood beside me. He stood with me. I can't tell you the hours and hours and hours we've labored together talking through the ministry, setting vision for the future. Even in this last year when we knew that he was going to be leaving, we sat down and planned the next three years of ministry here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church together. He's not even going to be here. But we looked at it together. I can tell you without doubt that I wouldn't be in the ministry today I wouldn't be here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church if it wasn't for Pastor Derek and Pastor Gus. Because those two men held me up. They held me up. Days when I didn't even know which end was up. I didn't even know what we were doing. I was just getting out of bed saying, God, if I can serve you today, I want to. If I can help your people in some way today, I want to. You guys know the mess that we went through or the turmoil that was there. The craziness of this woman wanting her money back in the middle of all that. Our, our uh, person that was scheduled for vacation Bible school in 2014 calls three weeks, four weeks before and says, oh, I can't come. So many things. But God was faithful through it all. And these men were faithful. See, we've been planning this for a long time. I can tell you two and a half, three years ago when uh, Pastor Derek and I first talked about him leaving. He doesn't know this. (laughs) We talked about it and he walked out of my office. (laughs) And I cried for 20 minutes. Just three years ago. But here's what I know. I know that God will send somebody. 
God will send another Aaron, another her. And Pastor Derek, you reap what you sow. And I know God's going to send you an Aaron. That's going to be what you need to help you do what God's called you to do. He's ready. He's ready to pastor. I know that. I send them out with my full endorsement. Excited for him and what God has for them and their family. This next step. It's a multiplication of ministry. Certainly it's a loss for us. But we know it's a gain as well. God's God's going to do it. I guess what I'm saying, church, is I don't know where you're at right now. If you're at a place right now that all you can do is hold on. It's what I'm called to do and I'm privileged to hold you up. But I need some men, some women who say, I'm I'm doing okay right now. So I'm going to hold your arms up for this battle. Because you know, I'm just a man just like you. I get tired just like you. I get weak just like you. Satan comes after me just like you. But if we're going to see another 10 years of victory here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church, we got to be faithful. Faithful to minister to one another. Faithful to minister for God. Amen. 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 Amen.